The word gospel translates to news that brings joy. But this isn't just any news. A gospel is news that changes a life forever. After being invaded and enslaved by Persia, Greece won two decisive battles at Marathon and Solnus. The Greeks sent out heralds, also called evangelists, to proclaim the good news to the cities. We have fought for you. We have won. And now you're no longer slaves. You're free. The reality is that we are all slaves, slaves to sin and slaves to death. We are slaves in need of good news. Enter Jesus, God's Son, fully God, fully man, bringing news that would change our lives forever. His news was this, I am the divine, come to you to do what you could not do for yourself. I will take what you deserve so you can have what I deserve. You have no idea how much it will cost me, but you also cannot imagine the depths of my love for you. It is a gift that I give freely. So repent. Repent from all the ways you've run from me and follow me. Follow me because I am the only way to eternal life. Follow me because I'm the Savior you've been looking for. Follow me because I have authority over everything, yet I have humbled myself for you. Follow me because I died on a cross for you. Because I'm your true love and your true life. This is my good news for you. This is my gospel. That you have been saved by grace. And that you are slaves no more. The gospel, the good news that will change everyone on this planet's life is that you as a slave have been freed. My ransom has been paid. I have been freed from the evil master called sin because I have put my faith in Jesus. Now, to actually understand this, let's, let's go back to the cross. What a horrific way to die. Is so many of you have read the accounts, but, but Jesus in particular was whipped and flogged and spat upon. He's mutilated. The loss of blood had to be horrendous. And then carrying his cross up to Golgotha, he spread his arms and, and the nails went in. And the cross jarred his body. And he bled for about six hours before he breathed his last. Most crucifixions would last two days or three days. And you finally would die from suffocation, not, not having any energy to push up and to breathe. And even when Jesus was crucified, the one on each side, their legs were broken so that death would come earlier and quicker. But we read in the Scriptures that there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood a necessary ransom to be paid. If I am going to be freed, I am going to need a blood sacrifice. 
Now, if you're with us on Good Friday, we ended our Good Friday service with Jesus' last words. In fact, let me read them. They're found in John 19. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I'm thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, and they put it, in hyssop, they put it on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. It is finished is, well, in English, it's three words. In the great Greek language, it's one word. One word. Let's look at it, though. It. It was the mission. It was the propitiation. It was the sacrifice that appeased God's wrath. It was the ransom that needed to be paid. Is. Is what a unique word in this context. It's actually in the perfect tense, which we don't have in English, but it is in an amazing way to understand what Jesus was saying. He said this, it this ransom is finished. It's been done in the past, but the ramifications are going to follow forever and ever and ever and on to eternity. So this it is powerful. It's a statement. It's not a question. And then finished. It is finished. It's accomplished. I've completed the task that you've given me, God. And so Christ, we read in all the Gospels because, well, the crucifixion and the resurrection is recorded in every one of the first four books of the New Testament. We find out that Jesus didn't, well, whisper this. He shouted it out victoriously. It is finished. It's finished. Let's read. Let's read in Hebrews, starting at chapter 9 and then going into chapter 10, where we read that sin was atoned and we were cleansed of sin. Hebrews 9, 12. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. In Hebrews chapter 10, Verse 12, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Our sins. All of mankind's sins. It's good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. God's holy wrath was appeased. Let's continue to read in Romans chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. 
People were made right with God when they believed that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair, for he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. In 1 John chapter 2, he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. He not only, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. It's hard to focus sometimes on God's wrath, but God is a holy God, and God is a God that, well, demands each one of us be clean in order to have a relationship. And that's what happened on the cross. He died so that we might have our debt paid for and that we might be cleansed from our sin. In Hebrews chapter 2, starting in verse 14, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way he could set free all those who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Jesus Christ died so that we might be free. Christ's God-given mission was accomplished. We now have access to God. We find out one of the miracles, as you read in the Gospels, that the temple curtain was torn, which may not mean a whole lot to most of us, but we even sing in our songs how grateful we are that that temple was torn. It was the uh, that curtain was torn. It was the curtain between the holies and the holy of holies. It was the curtain that kept man from God's presence. And the, holy, and the high priest only once a year would go in there. But at the crucifixion, unbelievable miracle. Well, from the top to the bottom, the curtain was rent and God was shouting, you have, I have access to me. Now this is all true. And, and actually it's pretty exciting. But then comes Saturday. That all happened on Friday. But Christ's followers, they were sad. They were confused. They were without hope. Yeah, they had spent time with Jesus. Jesus had taught them about the future. But somehow they creeped into Saturday. Can you imagine what it was on a Friday night sleeping and going through that long Saturday? But the mood changed early on Sunday morning. Some of Christ's close friends Oh, they, they got up early and they gathered some embalming spices and, and they headed out toward the tomb because they wanted to, well, prepare Christ's body properly. Uh, on the way, they were probably even talking. Well, oh, who's going to move that rock? I, I, I hope someone's there because we've got to get in. 
But nothing, nothing, nothing prepared them for what was going to happen in these next few moments. As they came closer to the tomb, they saw that the rock was open. They also noticed the guards were lying on the ground as if they were dead. The ladies went right to the entrance of the tomb, and they walked in slowly. And the scriptures say they were puzzled as they looked at the empty grave clothes. And then their puzzlement turned into terror almost immediately. There was a man, a dazzling man, a brilliant man, who looked at them and said, He's risen. Hey, he's risen. He is not here, just like he told you. Don't you remember the stories? Don't you remember Jesus said he was going to have to die, but the really important and wonderful thing is that he was going to rise on the third day. And so this man, he said, hey, ladies, go tell the disciples. And they ran. They ran and they told the 11 disciples. And their response was unique. Most of them thought they were crazy. What? But two, two didn't. Peter and John, the scriptures tell us that they took off like bolts of lightning. And they ran to the tomb and John tells us that as he entered the tomb, he saw the grave claws. And he believed. Everything began to make sense for John. He remembered all of Jesus' words. He now realized that Jesus rose from the dead. And that the power of death, it was no more a concern. In fact, right now, the Apostle Paul, years later, as he was writing to the church at Corinth, he wanted to make sure they understood how important this resurrection thing was. So many of them were newer in faith, and he wanted to clarify the resurrection of Jesus was critical. You can follow along on the screen behind me. But we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, 
then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. What a promise. Christ was raised to conquer death and be the first fruit, the first of the harvest, to give each one of those who put their faith in Jesus hope that that is going to happen for them. Let's continue to read in Romans chapter 8. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. For we all long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We, too, wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Yes, all creation is waiting for this. But anyone who has come to faith, anyone who has trusted Jesus as their Savior, anyone who has recognized that his death paid the debt for our sin, the Scriptures say that you are a son or a daughter of God, that you have been adopted into God's family. But as we look around, there are great ramifications of sin and disobedience to God. We know that there is suffering, but believers have a hope. It's different than anything else. We know that someday that God will honor us as fully adopted sons and daughters of his. And that someday we will have the new bodies and live in a new place and enjoy God forever. That is the hope which is promised for each one of us. And really what the Apostle Paul was saying is, you have hope. Jesus himself showed us a little what it's going to look like. But you will eventually be raised from the dead and spend eternity with me. You see, the resurrection changes our perspective. And it gives us hope. So this is truly a day to celebrate. For some. For some. I ask you a question. Do you need to be ransomed? Have you come today whether you're at home sitting on a couch or, or whether you're in our worship center, have, have you come, well, willing to pay your own debt and to be separated from God for eternity? Or do you realize God's great love? And do you realize that he desires deeply a relationship with you? And he said, that's why I sent Jesus. 
That's why he shed his blood. And that's why he was resurrected. And that's the hope you can have. You can realize it today. And yet I know that there are many sitting here or listening to me that that know the Lord. They have been ransomed. Jesus paid the debt for their freedom. They no longer have to live under the death and the oppression of sin. God is chipping away the things in their life that don't reflect them well. You are walking with God. But maybe Easter, the time we talk about new life, it's a time to just praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for paying my debt. Thank you I no longer have to be slaves to my old master. God, you're amazing. God, I thank you. I love you. You see, responding to this gospel will change your life forever. That's what gospel means. It's news that change you forever. How you live today and where you're going to spend eternity. Oh, I thank you, God, for sending Jesus to pay my ransom so that Rick Wager, well, he's a new creation. Not because he's a really good guy, but because a debt had to be paid and blood needed to be shed and the perfect lamb of God was a sacrifice that was once forever. Don't have to rely on the blood of sheep and goats anymore. God, thank you. Thank you for your love and thank you for your example and the hope that each one of us have. You see, it is finished. It is finished for all those that put their faith in Jesus. We have been saved from God's wrath by God's mercy and saved for God's glory. Let's pray. Lord, we do gather today. We are so grateful for your sacrifice. Lord, for days we've been contemplating and realizing what it cost. But this morning, God, just like the ladies who went to the tomb, we're in awe. We are frightened and joyful. We are grateful. We thank you for the love that you showed us and the hope that you give us. We pray even this day, Father, that if there's anyone who is listening that doesn't know you, we pray, dear God, that your spirit would prick their hearts. And for those who have, by faith, received you as Savior, oh, Lord, would they be reminded over and over again of the hope that you've given us. We love you, Lord. We love you. And pray these things in your son's name, Jesus.
Let's stand and respond, loved ones.
is a special morning. And I, I'm not sure if you remember, but a year ago today, we were not able to gather. So it's special because as God's people, we can come into a worship center and be able to praise our God. But more than that, it is so special because sometimes we forget how important the resurrection was. Hey, we're here to be able to encourage you on this journey. Maybe today you took a step of faith and you took Christ as your Savior. We'd love to hear about it. Or maybe you're going to go home and ponder just a little bit the good news that you heard today. Well, we'd love to connect with you. And we have cards, in fact, brand new cards right in front of you in all those information packs. If you'd like to write your name down and put down any kind of comments or any kind of scenarios that you'd like us to do, maybe you want to be part of a small group. Maybe you want to learn more about Jesus. Maybe you want to get together in a guest gathering and and learn more about this place. You can write that all down. But even easier now, there's a QR code. Honestly, if you don't know what a QR code is, don't worry about it. You won't know how to use it. But if you want, most of your phones are set up in your camera. All you have to do is focus on that QR code. It's on the card. It's also on all of your bulletins. So if you go home and you'd like to connect or you'd like to be able to learn more about our wonderful Savior, you can just put your camera on and focus right at it and it will link you right in the right spot. We're so glad you came today. We trust your hearts have been encouraged. We trust that the gospel not only has changed you, but will encourage you to share this good news wherever God sends you this week. He is risen, and it makes a difference in our life today, and certainly when we eventually close our eyes. What hope, what fun. Have a great day. See you later.